This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Welcome back, Disaster Diva Nation. Um, maybe you're experiencing a hangover from Kongzilla Month. I know I am. I'm coming down from an endorphin high. It is me, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. It's me, Amanda Smith. Jordan, I spent that whole movie waiting for Godzilla to appear. And I was just <laughs> I'm right? conditioned at this point. We're very conditioned to see. I mean, we even we went to the Arctic mm-hmm. in Godzilla versus Kong. It's like, well, clearly uh, there's a hole in Alaska. No, that was an- that was Antarctica, the but there should be one in right. the in the north as the, well. Yeah, like they're like we're in Alaska. We're in a tundra. Let's open up a hole to Hollow Earth and see what we find down there. Yeah. Um, and I missed I missed them. I missed King Kong and Godzilla. I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you what, this, this movie could really have used either of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had an enjoyable I had an enjoyable time with this movie. Did you? Um I I did actually. I and in a way that I was like, you know, I I'm like, it's a favorite TV movie, and I, you uh-huh. know, I go in with hopes every time. I wasn't I wasn't bowled over, but I I thought I would find the people. Just when it started, I was like, I'm going to really be annoyed by everybody in this movie, yeah. aren't I? And I ended up not being. I ended up being fairly charmed, not by the sun. Uh, yeah, not terrible. by the sun. Oh, we're going to cover Terrible Disaster Child. Yeah. He was super bad, super mad that uh, the character that dies at the end dies at the end, um, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, easily could have sacrificed the boy. Um, but yeah, uh, what do we – Cold Zone. Cold Zone. It's Cold Zone. And it's a storm of cold. Yeah. It's basically the entire premise from the day after tomorrow of the super cold. They just were like, what if we did that, but with lower stakes? And that was the movie. As a concept, I'm in. Like, when you give me that as a concept, it's a, we're just going to have a lot of really cold air. It's going to be Alaska. And uh, they're going to try to stop it. And every 15 minutes, they have to just, the actors have to shiver on screen. As a concept, you've sold me. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I I need to I need to point out on behalf of the listeners how how starkly different the energy is with this movie than it has been for the last month. Like Fair. this, yeah. you guys are starting off just like, yeah, this is you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's so calm. Yeah. It's like you know, book club vibes. It's so incredible. <laughs> I mean, Meanwhile, the last after... two months it's been like Godzilla versus Kong, <laughs> and like I mean, to cap off that month with Sam. With Sam and all of us shout laughing about the breakup fight yeah. between Godzilla and Kong and Godzilla being a top having a bad day was <laughs> really the way to to go out with that. It, it it met every one of my hopes and expectations. And like you said, when we when you announced the movie for this last week, we're going back to our roots. Yeah. We're going back to our to our roots with Cold Zone about like a family. That's going up to husband, wife, son, who's going up to like their getaway cabin in Alaska. They're from, they live in Miami. They have a getaway cabin in Alaska that apparently the parents go to every summer, but the son has 
never, never been, been to. to. Yes, the, the parents manage to never go. The parents neglect the child while the mother goes up for apparently for the summer normally to work at the hospital and the dad goes to do like studying birds. Yeah, like she volunteers yeah. like at the hospital. He's, I don't know, fucking ornithologist or something who knows a lot about the weather and can fly a helicopter. What does he do? Is he... Does he go to camp? I know teens from other parts of the country go to camp. This surprised me as an adult. Yeah. Um, that camp was very popular. But I don't think he goes to sleepaway camp. This just is like a I sit at home and watch TV kind of kid. Yeah. I did not get a big like that. I did not get a big eight weeks at summer camp vibe from that kid. No. Um, he, you wouldn't have met him at Explo. Oh, absolutely would not have met him at Explo. I might have met him at the when I was at the all girls camp. He might have attended that boys camp that I went to. Not that I went to. I went to the all girls eight weeks camp. Right. But he would have found his way to the all girls camp. Yes, he would have absolutely been a douchebag at the dance. Um, but that's besides the point. Did you guys have like crossover dances? Oh yeah. So I would. We were, okay. we were at Pointo Pines, it. and we'd have Brant. If you were old enough, you would have a crossover dance with Brant Lake. Um, wow. And it was held in like the rec hall. The or, you know the, the rec the rec it, hall it was the like, rec which, which was like built like a, it was like a log cabin <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, yeah, that was the first time I ever heard the song. Saw the music video for Mr. Jones, and I just stared at it, captivated. Like this is what rock and roll is. <laughs> it was Amanda's summer of '67. It was formative in the worst possible ways. I just like, but he I, wasn't I only outdoorsy enough to be to have been a. So he wasn't outdoorsy enough to be an eight weeker. That's the thing. He wasn't a nerd enough to be a, a nerd camp kid, and he wasn't outdoorsy yeah. enough to have been an eight weeks at a summer camp kid. I my I only I will have one more question that's like a divergent thing from oh, uh, just uh, since we're talking uh, about yeah, the, the gender segregated yeah. summer camps. Um, is it like because in my mind I get the benefit of like going an all girls school mm-hmm. like I, like I, you know you're kind of removed from boy pressures or, or like like it's just your women pure. I don't know. I see that there are benefits. I see that there are drawbacks. But like a thing in my head that's always stuck out is like yeah, but when you keep the when you keep boys and girls apart from each other, doesn't that make like a sort of starvation mentality when they are together? And so like then suddenly when it's blended, isn't it kind of like fucking intense for teens like we better take advantage i've always imagined it as like okay now all these boys and girls who might you know the ones that are attracted to each other are they going to feel the need to like deeply take advantage of this time they have together because they don't get like that many structured opportunities to do it or is it chill so i would say having so i went to the all girls camp from like eight to eleven or seven to eleven mixed gender schools are like not chill with boys and girls when they're blended all the time and it just seems like Wow, you really seems like you're introducing opportunities for teen pregnancy. So here's here. the thing: I, when I was at Explo, which I was a little, I was 12 to 15, and we were uh-huh. mixed. And what I will say is that when you have boys and girls living in situations where there are opportunities to sneak away, totally, you're going to get a lot of horny teens making out in oh. really unexpected places. Oh, for sure. Um, versus all girls camps where you only have the risk of the making out in unexpected places like four nights a, a, out of the eight weeks. So, or with each other in the woods Well, that's a different issue. <laughs> that's a different issue. But, but like, like, is there – but is there is there a is there an intensity to the like stolen moments when it's I constantly not, kept separate, not, or am I just projecting? I was not old enough to be that aggressively horny, um, so okay. I don't know for sure. It was more the big deal of the performative aspect of like you're there with all the girls, so mm. you put on all the makeup and you all put on your cutest yeah. outfits, and it's really for each other as a bonding thing. And then you get right. if you're me, you get bullied where like a ritual where they find the worst possible dorkiest guy and are like. Amanda has a crush on you and then he thinks you're his camp girlfriend and you tell him that um, and when he's like I want to be able to write to you after summer you're like my parents are moving and I don't know the address 
And that is a lie oh, that you a tell good one. a boy in a panic sweat. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a better one, so good. I, <laughs> like, I, can, I cannot think of a better one. I can't. My parents are moving. Uh, we don't know the address I yet. I don't know the address yet. My parents moved. I don't know where. I apparently <laughs> was going to come home to an empty house. I was just going to be relocated <laughs> like a gorilla yep. in a zoo. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was the lie. I just I, I had forgotten that until just this moment that I had lied, given him that lie. Just and I remember exactly where I was and the way I just stammered it out, panicked while the other the mean girls from my cabin were like watching and whispering to each other. It was the worst. Don't That's go to, so fucking mean. Don't send your daughter to an all girls camp if she has a hard time socializing with girls at her school. It's not a good. It's that's not a fair. A, yeah, that's not going to do the like. Well, this will teach her some good things that you think it will. Well, it was just going to subject her to. Like, it wasn't even that. It was that I wanted to go to this camp. My mom should have been mm. like, "Honey, you know how you have a really hard time with girls at your own school. <laughs> yeah. So imagine that, but they're all from Long Island." <laughs> and if she had explained it to me that way, maybe I would have been right. like, "You're right. This is a terrible." I think plan. even at that age, you would have known what they're all from Long Island. Meant I would have just in, in my context. bones, I would have felt a shiver go up my spine, like a very primal. The way that the way that Godzilla and Kong knew of each other's existence on a primal level, right. like yeah, I would have just been like, "Oh no, it's an apex <clears throat> titan," and that would have been it. Right. I would have been done. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh no." Uh-huh. Nope, I can't. Jessica Jessica K is going to find me and she's going to destroy <laughs> me and I can't. Jessica K knows where I am. <laughs> camp, crazy. Anyway, yeah. I'm taking us on the beat path. That was my fault. I've just always been curious about that. That with, was camp like, talk with Jordan and Amanda. Yeah, well, because friend of the show, Marin, obviously, you know from camp. Yes. And I remember like hearing about camp from you guys and how like formative that was for you. I'm like, God, I guess that I thought that was only movies because I don't think West Coast kids, at least who aren't no really rich, to camp or something like that. And I feel like it's, it's, like, it's, it's I West it Coast is big in the Jewish community. It's I think it's West Coast if your parent if you don't have a parent from the East Coast, because okay. I don't. My dad never would have been like send the kids to camp. It never occurred to him. And when my mom was like, so the kids go to camp every summer, my dad was like, is that how children? If you say so. <laughs> I never right, went to right. camp, and then we would tell people. My mom be like, "They're going to camp for eight weeks," and every parent on the West Coast thought that that was some sort of child torture. Yeah, no, it's abuse. As far as I'm concerned, like as far as like in my mental, it's like, oh, so your your parents didn't love you and you were neglected. Oh, that's what that means. No, and my like, mom would it, my it, mom would argue that because she loved me, she sent me to camp for eight weeks so that she didn't kill me. That is what my that is what my friends have said about from the East Coast who talk about like hypothetical futures where they have children. They're like, oh, my kids are definitely going to camp in the summer. And I'm like, wow, it's a shame you don't love your future children. I'm never letting them leave kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's it's fascinating coastal difference. It really it's such it's such an East Coast <clears throat> thing. And uh, yeah, it good. I my camp. I mean, we've even gotten into my teen tour stories, Jordan. That's a whole yeah. other ball of wax. Oh, I can't wait for, I can't wait for, we have to find a camp disaster movie where we can revisit these topics. Oh my God. I'm going to write one. <laughs> yeah, you I are. Mean, technically, technically the, 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 the wet, hot American summer thing, it, technically wet, hot American summer is a disaster movie. They do have a nuclear disaster involved. They do. Oh my God. You're right. Just saying. And shouts out to a uh, podcaster friend, Anna Bogutskaya, who has the best summer camp idea I've ever heard of for a script. And I'm going to keep encouraging her to write that. 
and it involves don't uh, don't Russia don't don't, don't. lots of good stuff. Oh yeah, lots you've told me about stuff. that. Yeah, that's in, yeah, yeah that you can't spoil. Okay. Yeah yeah no no. But I just want to give I want to give people the sense that it, it's not this it's not the cultural associations you're aware of. It's spectacular. It's a yeah. different thing that you need to you would have to prime your mind for. Anyway, but, guys, should we yeah. talk about this this movie that Jordan you apparently were more into than I was. I, what I, 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 what I, the, the movie kind of got me right from the start because I met the family. And I was like, oh God, is this yeah. family going to suck? And then they immediately are giving their son a hard time for being a piece of shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I actually, oh, I mean, I think I'm into these people actually. Like he's being a bad disaster movie child. And they're like, you fucked up. Did you think you were just going to do something shitty and go to Cabo with your friends? Like, no, you messed up. So now, for some reason, we've left you, I don't know, home alone every summer. You're finally coming to this cabin we have in Alaska. Um, that's the consequence, buddy. And, and like acting in that moment, like they don't just leave their kid alone potentially every summer. So they have to bring him with him on this trip over spring break. Yeah, the way they um, pretended that they had been good parents leading up to that point was really cute. <clears throat> yeah. And and he's like, oh, my friend who I pulled the stupid stunt. He's like, first of all, it was funny. And I was like, okay, I do hate you. He's like, my friend who I did the stunt with, like, he's in Cabo now. And they're like, oh, so when when we get back to Miami, you should ask his parents to adopt you. Babe, I think that's a great idea. I was like, oh, good. Yeah, drag him. Yeah. Drag him. This is good. You know, not Mariska Hargitay. I'm really liking you. And... I, I love that she's like a volunteer. She comes with a volunteer, yeah. volunteer doctor. I have a dear friend from Alaska who um, her husband is a doctor. And when he was getting his PhD, a lot of the work that they would do through the university, I think it was University of Alaska Anchorage, was working at the native hospital, which was really understaffed, really under-resourced, really underfunded. So these like pro bono work that med students and, and pro bono doctors would go do at the native hospital was a really fucking big deal. And so I, when she, they were like, you know, somebody makes a comment at one point, yeah, if your mom didn't come here and do this, like a lot of the people that live here would just forego really necessary medical treatment forever if she wasn't here once a year for them to come to her and help her. And I was like, okay, I like this. I really like this agenda. I, again, I don't know what ornithologist dad is doing and why he is at once looking for birds and also knows the weather inside and out. I didn't, I don't remember the specifics of, of his career. Do you? They don't really go into it at all. And that's, I was okay with that. I don't need an explanation. I, the idea Fine, that yeah. not, not Casper Van Dien was tromping mm -hmm. through the woods, just picking up frozen blackbirds with no apparent plan beyond I have yeah. blackbird popsicles. I was yeah, good with yeah. that. I was, yeah. I had no questions. I think that honestly, I will say that the fact that they were going to allow their son to, their teenage son, apparently, mm -hmm. to go to Cabo unsupervised yeah. with his yeah. girlfriend. Un I think just his friend. No, they were like, he wanted to be with some girl also. There was definitely a girl. Oh, probably like hit on Yeah, some hit girl, on yeah. some girl. Some girl he had a thing for and his friend. The fact they were going to send their unsupervised son to Cabo for that. I was like, well, this explains a lot of why your son wound up almost getting expelled for a prank. Like, you're, I, I, I'm okay with you guys being negligent parents because you had a dud of a child. But also, yeah, let's take some personal responsibility here. I and like they I he's he's a surly child and what we find out eventually is that like he's clearly mad that dad's not around much because at one point when the crisis is like reaching its peak dad's on the phone with the kid he finally gets through him after days of not being in contact mm -hmm. he's like I love you I'm sorry for all those times I was absent I'm sorry I wasn't there for you growing like just the full confession but it's a crisis and everybody's scared so he's like it's okay dad everybody's like it's okay but I don't we don't really know what has pulled dad away from the family so much and mom it's interesting. I feel like in situations like this normally, in, in movies generally, but like let's say the sample, sample size of these movies, normally the mom kind of is like, even if she's the stiff upper lip type, she's like, 
well, kiddo, I know it's been hard. Like, you know, your dad's trying. There's like a mom talking the angsty kid through the absent parent thing. And they clearly feel the absence of the husband as well because it's always a husband. They clearly feel the absence of the husband as well, but they're like toughing it out. The mom just was like not happy. Like she wasn't being shitty to the kid, but there was no moment of like, I know it's hard with your dad always being gone for X thing, or I know it's hard with your dad being out of the house. She was just always like giving like an empathetic look. Like, yeah. I feel bad because you're my child, but I think you're actually kind of full of shit. Like, she doesn't seem to be bothered super that dad's kind of like gone a lot. And maybe that's just their thing. That's cool. But it was like, I don't actually know if dad's gone a lot or if just like this kid needs more from his dad that he's getting in his own personal way. Because like, I'm not getting a sense that this guy's actually, because there's always like a, in that dynamic too, the dad's always like, you know, well, we'll play catch when we get home, son. Like something yeah. to intimate, I'll make up for all the things I missed. But this doesn't actually seem that. We don't get those tells, even again from the mom, that he's missed out on these consequential things. So it just seems like son might be high need. No, my my headcanon is that this is a couple who is going to be childless. Oh, oh. Mm. And they hear were, an, this is an accidental kid. And they... <clears throat> they've been going to this cabin for 20 years, which would predate this boy. Yeah, exactly. So this is, they have this routine. They have this lifestyle. This kid was a failed vasectomy episode. Um, and shucks. they... That's why they only have one. He was a failed vasectomy. Yeah. And after that, she was like, I am getting my tubes tied because this mm-hmm. is... I did not... We did not sign up for this. And they definitely decided... And I'm going back to work. Yeah. And they to decided work. to be parents, which, hey, power to you. Go back to work, women. Yeah. Um, but they decided that they were like, well, you know, we're not going to let this kid change our lifestyles. And they yeah. did not let this kid change their lifestyle. They did not let the child change their lifestyle. And we really I think that's get a vibe. We, I think that starts – and that's why, like, the mom isn't particularly sympathetic to the kids because she's like, yeah, your dad is gone a lot. That's <laughs> that's what adults <laughs> – And honestly, I wouldn't want him around more. Yeah, this is this is a marriage that works for us. This is – like, yeah. I think that this couple probably is monogamish. Like, they oh, love sure. each other deeply, but they're like, let's do our own thing when we need to. I mean, Fiona and dad seem to have a rapport. Thank you. Yes. I wanted to tackle that whole situation. And mom is like totally good And with mom Fiona. was like, yeah, bring in a third. I'm getting sick of your dick anyway. I've got, right, I've yeah. got Baker up here. It's okay. And you're miserable when, like, either both of us is miserable when we can't wander a bit so like you know i think this is their perfect little side life where that's where they maybe that's why son stays home in the summer oh i think absolutely that's why summer's an active time for this they you know they just don't want to have their kid just stomping all over their good time and i don't blame them for but i for how close they are with the daughter who i i liked the daughter uh, i liked madison loved madison Madison i wanted them to adopt madison and let and let a shitty child be eaten by a bear son yeah son die oh it's okay though because we have madison now yeah definitely the way they were like they're buddies with madison it's like very like surrogate daughter kind of thing it's like oh you fucked her parents for sure oh a hundred percent swinger situation with her mom and dad like you're all very close she, they were like second parents to her and madison like suspects something's going on but yeah. she doesn't want to open that can of worms too much so she's just like i they're just really nice to you know they're just really close yeah. to mom and dad and that's just what it yeah. is and and again, like they definitely don't pay for that airbnb which is why they've been coming there for 20 years right, yeah absolutely well, they, yeah they're the only bnb res- like the only people who are in that bnb and also <laughs> yeah. that is apparently run by a teenager because madison madison's grandparents are are missing. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was, it, yeah, I'm glad we agree that this is definitely the dynamic that they had. And also that you also had questions about the whole Fiona of it all because that got yeah. weird real fucking fast. 
Yeah, because, like, there's this, the local woman, Fiona, who we meet first in, like, just a passing, like, Madison's taking shitty son on, like, a tour of the small town Pemberton. And she's like, and, you know, there's this guy, he's kind of like the town wild man, and there's this guy, and she's like, oh, and that's Fiona, like, she babysat me, and she taught me this, that, and the other, like, she's the best. And so we established that Fiona's, like, a savvy woman of the North, like, she's cool, she's pretty, like, she's, like, a woman of a certain age kind of thing. Well, she ends up in their kind of, like, we're the pod of hero survivors, Mm -hmm. and we're gonna, like, face down this storm together and try and escape in the helicopter um it is what at one point when dad and fiona come together like trying to wait out the storm in this one they end up in like a meat locker yeah because it's like this freezer is more insulated so it won't it'll be cold in here but it won't be as cold in here as it gets outside and i was like okay i kind of i see that logic because it's so insulated and sealed but when they were in the meat locker i was like is this gonna be like an adultery moment like are they is, is there gonna be like a stolen glance they were between standing these two? very close together and it didn't just feel <clears throat> like it was for warmth and from like the beginning he comes he breaks into the supermarket and then he like she he she's like what are you doing and he's surprised to see her mm-hmm. which like sir you're the one breaking into a supermarket yeah you shouldn't be surprised by another person but then he just like grabs yeah. her hand and drags her into the meat locker and yeah. she's a hundred percent on board with it which i is not how i would respond if a man broke into my supermarket no. and then dragged me into a meat locker but no. she's good with it and from that moment on she's just somehow part of the group and it's never explained and the wife is never like um who are you to the yeah point there where, was just sort of like a reception yeah, she was just like oh you brought in a third that's nice honey thanks yeah, I mean, and she definitely knows Fiona. Yeah. So we know, we have to believe she knows I Fiona. I have to believe that she knows Fiona. But the thing that I was just like, reality index, I'm sorry, but no. Fiona sits in the front seat of the cab. So they steal like a milk truck because the, ba- the back is insulated. And they're going to get yeah. to the helicopter with the milk truck. And the wife and the shitty son and Madison, the teenager they've yeah. adopted, are like huddled in the back of the milk truck. And Fiona's yeah. in the front seat riding shotgun to husband. Yeah, yeah. Which I gotta say is a bold yeah. <laughs> move for Fiona, and I am yeah. There was a lot of com- they just inst- they bonded more than I ever felt like the husband and wife were bonded. Yeah, and I don't fault them for it. I just no. It makes a lot. Mom and dad seem to have a symbiosis. Yeah, again, it just this whole movie does make a lot more sense. It, the characters make a lot more sense if you assume that they're monogamish. Yeah, I like so much, like, and it it feels very, it, it makes things feel real to me in that way. Like, I assumed all these backstories about people. And a thing I also, I think I liked about the parents, too, and what, which further did not engender me to their son, was, like, as soon as they get to the cabin, <clears throat> excuse me, which I think fits with this backstory, too, they notice that their son is kind of noticing Madison. Yeah. She's cute. She's, you know, she's bright. She, they know she's a great kid. And they're kind of like leaning in, like they kind of nudge him toward her. They're not even being shitty parents. No, they were super, they're really down with him. Like, hey, you gonna go hang out with Madison? Like, why doesn't Madison give you a tour? Not like shoving her on him, but like, hey, why doesn't Madison give you a tour? Hey, how was your day with Madison? They're like, they t- they brought him here, but they're like encouraging to him to have a nice time in ways not like, hey, son, we got to go chop wood now. Like it's time to be on the job. They're not doing like tough it out parents with him. It- he kept just being shitty despite them being like quite chill. Yeah, they well, the one the one place I will they're, chill, they're very chill. And then the, the, and the mom the whole time was like, it seems like you and Madison might have a thing going. And she the mom was yeah. like, why don't you get your dick touched? You, that was very, <laughs> there was an implication. There was a, there was a heavy implication. Of that the whole time. And I was yeah. like, good for you, mom being sex positive. But not in, yeah, but not, it wasn't in that like 
annoying, like like helicoptery mom yeah. kind of way. It was a way that worked. It was a way it was that the worked. mom. The mom was treating him like a peer, which again goes back yeah. to the idea that they yes. weren't really parents. I think that they didn't yeah. want to be parents. Yeah. Um, I will say that to give the the shitty teen a little bit of benefit of the doubt. It is implied when we first meet him that they've driven from Miami to Alaska, Jordan, which point of un- is that unbelievability. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Point of unbelievability I mean, there. if he wasn't mad before, I mean. He would have been stuck in the car with his parents for like 10 days. For their, yeah, their because like break. even just that drive up the Alcane Highway mm-hmm. to get from the lower 48 up to Alaska, just that from like Washington, Canada yeah. To Alaska, that's a fucking haul. I, I Google the entirety it. of the, the entirety of what you've done from Miami to the West Coast at that point. It, it was wow, forty six hundred miles, Jordan, wow. seventy four hours of driving, and in 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 and like you you can short you can be sure it's longer because it was in winter. Yeah, they did. They normally come up in the summer. This time they came up in the winter, and so the drive would have been worse. Mm-hmm. Going up, like, once you got, like, of course, like, crossing the Rockies and stuff like that, but once you got to the Alcane Highway and you were actually going through the Great White North, that would be, and they make note of it, like, well, the, we don't normally come in the winter, so the drive was a lot. Like, yeah. Oh, God. It was it was a <clears throat> weird choice to make, especially because it's not as if having a car made any difference to this movie. No. But it really did set up for me that, like, these are people who were not, pre- that, again, went back to the thing of these are people who are not going to change their routine for their shitty son's presence. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, we drive every year. This is what your your mom and I do. We put a, six mm-hmm. books on tapes on and yeah, we just yeah. drive. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Or the, Lord, so, the, the Lord of the Rings yeah. podcast where they read one sentence every hour. Yeah. <laughs> they found it. Yep. They found it. Do you want Jay Jason? That is a crazy premise, and I don't know who would do that. (laughs) I I wonder where one could find a podcast like that. What network, Jason? Uh, Probably at thatmightbecool.com. I don't know, though. Oh, okay. Do some deep research for that. A thing I did find to be very, very real about this was, and they they kept hand they kept hitting it a little bit to like the point of emphasis was like, okay, we get it, but it was also the the like locals, the like people of the north. Who can like kept calling them like oh they're from Miami and yeah. and the and Madison calls the son Miami that is absolutely how they would be treated oh one hundred percent it wouldn't really even if they'd been coming there for twenty years the fact that they came in the summer too like they would always kind of be outsiders those people would always kind of be like and, and they you know when they're told like no this this storm is coming this because what's happening is is there it's it looks like they keep showing like an over aerial shot of earth and it looks like a hurricane settled over them mm-hmm. but it's this downdraft of like ferociously cold air that's not consistent like a hurricane where like the wind is constantly blowing it's like there are tendrils of wind so it seems like as it's rotating i guess or something like wind bursts hit places yeah. so it comes in waves these storms these flash freeze storms come in waves and they're like once once the scientists are on to what's going on, um, dad alerts his family. He's like, this is what's happening. Be the hospital. That is the safest place. That's going to have the most insulation and the best power system. And so <clears throat> he called like when he finally gets a hold of his family again, after he knows what's going on, he explains it. And the townspeople are like, 
we do this all the time. We deal with storms like this all the time. You're not from around here. You don't get it. I was like, no, that is super actually what would happen. Them, these people trying to convince like rural Alaskans who are, as they say, eight hours from the city that they need to hunker down for a cold storm. They're going to be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like everyone's like, we don't see it on the news. They're like that's because nobody's looking for it. The news doesn't know. <laughs> and so oh, the only people who know are these scientists until things become too late. And then it hits like global news when fucking Italy's freezing over. The Tower of Pisa is turning to ice crumbling like that kind of shit's happening. But when they were all like when they're in the hospital and not Mariska Hargitay is telling everybody, you guys need to stay in here. It's our best chance of survival. And they're like, nah, we got to get to town. And the more time we waste here, the like the worse it's going to get. So we got to get out of here. It was like, yeah, that's that is what would happen. Oh, yeah. Those people would not listen. The A wouldn't listen to her. It doesn't matter. She's a doctor. She's an out of town woman. And then, like, even if out-of-town man shows up, he only has a marginally better chance of convincing them that what's going on is exceptional compared to what they're used to. So, yeah, all those, all those, almost all those Northerners would have sacrificed themselves to the to the wintry deep. I, mean, I sure. think we can all agree that none of those people would ever wear a mask, and their argument will be, well, I've had no. the flu before, and they've all only yeah. had head colds, and they just thought that the head cold was the flu. Yeah. Like, that's, or like, that's who those listen, people are. Listen, you fucking tough it out. Yeah. Like, I've survived worse. Yeah. I've survived worse up here. Yeah, no, I, th- you, you tell that, that reality show, that reality show people who are like living off grid in Alaska mm-hmm. and like doing a full subsistence living community, they're just like making their own way. Yeah. You tell them that's coming. They're like, fuck it. This is what I'm prepared for. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. well, good luck guys. Your boat access only. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it was, that was fully believable. And the, the fact that everyone, I liked the fact that it felt like the entire town had been at the hospital because everyone just gets injuries constantly in that town. Because we otherwise, yeah. like any time that we get a guy with coming the, in with a fishing hook injury, his hand, perfect. The fishing hook, when he just got like, it is so jarring in a movie where you don't see anything like blood. Then suddenly like we turn around and an old man walks into the hospital with like a lure in his mm-hmm. hand. Just fully dangling off, he's bleeding, and you know that that hook is in through the barb. It's not coming out the way it came in. You're, yeah, you've got to you've got to push that thing through to the end. And he, just to see, like, I was like, is a part of his hand dangling off, or is that just the lure? That was a great little insert of like, ah, local color. That was yes, even that when was he, when he gets when he gets fixed up by the doctor lady, and she's walking out. She's like. Maybe don't go back out like fishing tonight. You got to keep that dry for a few days. And he's like, well, this is just what happens up here. And he turns around, he walks out. He's like, tourist. Uh, yes, that that old grizzled man would exactly do that. And he would go back out ice fishing. Yeah. Oh, he's plunging his hand day. directly into the water. Yeah, exactly. As maybe perhaps a healing measure at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's what his granddad did. So there's no reason that, yeah. you know, nothing that some good old ice water can't fix. Yeah, and he, despite looking, you know, in his 70s, uh, given the life he he could have been 25. <laughs> he he could have just had a lot of hard work. He's actually Madison's and... younger brother. It's never really explained <laughs> fully. Yeah, they're twins. <laughs> him, her, him, Madison and him. It's just that she lives her life. She's the one who takes care of the B&B, so she stays inside all the time. <laughs> yeah. The worst... Well, that's woman's work. Yeah. Um, the, the worst thing about when you have a shitty son in one of these movies is that when they... Odds are on they're going to give him a love interest. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, God, that means not only are you going to be shitty, I'm going to have to watch you be shitty and a and a cool girl, like, be sweet on you. Yeah. And that, that was the most annoying part of this movie to me. It was like, oh, God, Madison has to, like, feign interest in this boy. I have to believe. I mean, yeah, I'm sure in this town she's, like, every one of her options she already knows about, has already considered, and has weighed and measured them because it's a pretty small yeah. population. So maybe just the prospect of a new, of a, a person not from 
her tiny isolated community is very thrilling. I will grant that. But like, I wish it could have been a bit more forced seeming on her as like, well, this is an opportunity of convenience that I'm going to take advantage of and not like I'm genuinely interested in this really sour boy. Well, I'd like to think that at the end, um, which spoiler alert, the film ends Mm. where basically it's one of the rare movies where they don't solve the problem, which I really liked that aspect of it because normally. And I like how emphatically they tell you they're not going to solve it. And grumpy, grumpy woods guy fully calls out the trope of the disaster movie and is like, yeah. We can't just put a nuclear bomb up there and fix it. And yeah. I was like, well, thanks yeah. for crossing off the one answer that I had in my head. That was very, I was impressed. Yeah, that was, that showed a real knowledge of the genre by the writer that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, that character, mind you, everybody, he is the quintessential, I was telling everybody for mm-hmm. years, no one listened. He lost family. They named specifically in Katrina. Yeah, he lost his wife lost and daughter family. in Katrina. And so he's some sort of climatologist mm-hmm. situation. And then, you know, when nobody listened to him, he moved to the great white rural north um, to live out the rest of his days in misery and isolation. And as he as as he does, as so many do, particularly that one scientist. Oh God, what was the movie we watched where the scientist uh, sacrifices himself at the base of Mount Fuji with oh, his like um, assistant who was, had no idea. Uh, magma vi- volcanic disaster. <laughs> magma volcanic disaster in the tradition of the scientist who goes to the danger to die mm-hmm. because they are the only ones who can like get the right information to the right people and someone has to stay behind to do it. Um, they he's you know dad of the family is like i've got to go we've got to get my kid i've got to go tell my kids we've got to get out of here you know if we leave now we can get on the snow machine and make it and he's like i'm staying and he's and he tells him like i came here to die anyway mm-hmm. like he's gonna find a way to get this data out like jerry rig technology to get the signal where it needs to go to alert officials you know a classic like maybe this time they'll listen sort of thing yeah and he is he is the one who comes together with our possible ornithologist, possible climate scientist, hero dad. Um, they crack the code of what's going on. And the dad keeps insisting, like almost annoyingly so. Like he asks in every possible phrasing, how can we stop it? What can we do to stop it? What can we do? And climatologist who has been shunned at every turn and lost his family is like, nothing. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to stop it. This runs its course and that's fucking it. And I was like, and I was so worried that he was going to ask him enough times that it was going to be like a, well, maybe there's this. Yeah, that there was, but they, they don't. don't. They never, they never go with like, well, this was the th- idea I always had that everyone called me crazy for. Like there was none of that. It was yeah. just resigned. This is going to suck and we're all going to die. Yeah. yeah. But at the end when, so the, the solution is basically if you're above 8,000 feet, you won't get hit with the mm-hmm. blast of cold. So you basically have to just keep circling the earth on an airplane, though, like, or in in this case, in a helicopter. Um, you have snow piercer in the I sky. I was going to say, it was very snow piercery. And so yeah. they're just like fly, which, you know, not going to help the whole carbon emissions thing, but okay. Um, mm-hmm. So they are stuck. So the wife, the husband, this terrible son and Madison mm-hmm. are now yes. stuck in living in a helicopter, only touching down <laughs> on land to refuel and get food. And at one point, Madison just like, my parents are out there. And 
will mm-hmm. find your parents eventually. And I think you can watch Madison slowly realize in that scene that she's been kidnapped by swingers and that she's going to be forced <laughs> to marry their horrible son. Like you can watch that realization set in that this is her life now, that she's been adopted. Because it's very realistic. Yeah. It's very realistic that her parents are alive because when we meet her there, she's like, oh, they went to Mexico. Yeah. And what we see in the in the the, oh, the globe shot at the very end is that basically it's like the day after tomorrow, yeah. the global south has not deep froze. And so her parents are, there's a high chance they are alive. Yeah. All that she has to do. But she has been kidnapped. Yeah, she has been kidnapped because we're told that this has been (laughs) several days and they're like in San Francisco when we see them, which is not, which is not Mexico. And they could definitely have made their way to Mexico in several days in a helicopter. It it seems like it. It seems like it. So they've just fully kidnapped and made this woman a consort for their, for their (laughs) shitty son. (laughs) In their for their well for their for their new civilization repopulation plan. Yeah, which is definitely gonna be a sex cult. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, if everything we've saying is true, and I'm pretty sure it well, is. Well, I mean, there's a difference between sex cult and being having an, a semi-open relationship, but I think that that line gets crossed once you kidnap a girl to be your son's consort. Right. And I'm not saying those two are the same, right. but I'm saying when society falls. Yeah, oh, they're definitely I yeah. think these people are taking that to that conclusion. Yeah, I think that's where they're going, which is uh not what I saw that happening in this movie, but it is going to be a thrilling sequel. <laughs> it, it's going to be. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Madison. I can't wait. To possibly for, kill them all. I want Madison. I mean, look, mom and dad were okay, but they did kidnap her. I'm good with Madison <laughs> fully yeah. breaking free and starting with that shitty son. Yeah, yeah. He there. There's some. Like, cause he, you know, once him and dad reconcile because dad, like he's been out of touch. I do love, I love in a cold movie, a winter movie where we get a snow cave that saves you. Yes. I believe snow caves can protect you from anything. So I totally bought into That's that. That's my understanding. I love the emphasis on, I love the emphasis on a single candle in this movie. There were several single like, candles. What was, <laughs> that was not fully like, explained. Will, like framed as this will like save you potentially like he's in his snow cave and he pulls out a large pillar candle mm-hmm. and he lights it and like i was like oh yeah for light i get that you want to not just be in the dark but then later when they're in the truck and they're driving to the helipad to get out that's when we this is when i i don't think the movie needed to do this i was bummed about it it was like wow you killed the entire town even this woman fiona with good sense who had the good sense to come with you and not like stay behind and die like ruth and dante's peek it she was like we have to keep driving like we can't keep stopping for these freezes because they they start happening more frequently and the blasts happen for longer each time. And so she's like, I'm going to drive the truck through the next storm. And he's like, you will not make it. You will die. And she's like, we have no choice. That's what people do in the North. We like, we, we sacrifice for each other. We do what's right. And it was like, this is fucked up. Like I, okay. But like, so their, their plan is we're going to take all the blankets we have in the back. We're going to insulate the, the cab as much as we can and close the open door sections. And, and they light like the last and like, you know, they're going to blast the heat. And the, like the, one of the last things she does is light like a single candle in a jar. And he was like, hopefully between like the blankets and the candle, you'll be okay. And it's like, I don't think the single candle power <laughs> is providing such heat as to boost what the car's heater is doing. I'm pretty sure that's not making the difference you think it is. Jordan, he's a bird scientist. He's not a heat scientist. <laughs> Give the man some credit here. I do. It was just like just these single. It was, it was the it single was, it felt saddest. So ritualistic. Yeah. 
It felt so just like ritual. It like ah, and then we light the single candle. Yeah, <laughs> like, as the fuck is this? it was. You're right. It was extremely ritualistic. <laughs> it, yeah, it was like it was almost like it was like something they pulled from myth. Yeah, like ah, well, in our community up here, as long as the candle burns, then the heat yes. shall not go out. Yeah, exactly. It was very much that kind of thing because there was no purpose to the candle. Yeah, like and. So, you know, she does get them to the helipad and they, like, go to the front. She manages to get all the way to the helipad and then dies the instant she arrives at her destination. They pour out of the back of the truck when the storm stops and she has expired in the front seat of the truck, which I was like, they didn't need to kill Fiona. I really wanted that to be a heroic reveal where she makes it. I was I was rooting for Fiona the whole time and I think that Fiona deserved better. Um, I think she did. I think I, she could have yeah. been Madison's new mom. She... By the way, uh, I've been calling this girl Madison the whole time. Her name's Claire. <laughs> Great. Maddie. Jason <laughs> just put his head in his hands. I knew it wasn't Madison in my head, but I didn't have a better solution. Right, like, so I was like, I'm going to run with Madison. But, I was like, I don't think I've ever heard Madison, but fucking, oh well. Kid, I don't but tell me that girl didn't have Madison face. No, it, it made complete sense. That girl sense had as Madison face. I'm sorry. So fake Madison. Fake Madison. No, fake Madison. I don't remember Dad's I don't name remember at all. So I'm just calling of the Dad. characters' names except for Fiona. Yeah. And apparently, I yeah, had Fiona's Madison. Fiona's the wrong. only. <laughs> Fiona's the only character whose name I sincerely remember. Yeah. So she can be Madison. Thank like, you. Whatever. I just want to, but just point of point of correction for myself. No, I'm really glad. I'm glad you've corrected the record. We need it on the record. We do need on the record that in my notes I had it right. In case any of those cold zone stands start coming and being like, "Oh, I'm sorry, but you got this wrong. It was Claire." And I was like, "Well." Yeah, and again, I actually do like I actually do like fake Madison. I, I do like what this girl she is looked doing, like a Madison, so. and she did. She was, but she was the best part of this film. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, her and Fiona, the locals, the locals were the best. Uh, proving yet again, Miami, Miami is overrated. I guess. Um, I they also didn't. I, I I I don't know what I mean, but they just didn't seem like they were from Miami. No, they didn't. They seemed like a fucking Colorado. Couple. That's the thing. Like uh, Miami didn't. Again, going back to like, what does the the husband do? It doesn't make sense that he would be based out of Miami if his specialty is these northern birds. Like unless right, like nothing. Hobby. I don't understand. Nothing connected. There was no need for them to be from Miami except to make them have done a ten hour drive and maybe. Maybe just to tell us, like, by the way, it's okay. Their house will be intact at the end, but they don't go home. So who knows? Yeah, like Seattle. Like, you could have even, like, San Francisco they would have made more sense. They were a very San Francisco couple. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, I, and Terrible Sun I was, it could have been a very much like a, 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 a Palo Alto kid, and I would have believed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Completely. There was a kind of, there was a kind of yuppiness about them. Yeah. That having no experience in Miami, like, it just felt very, like, why'd you, like, I get that you picked the absolute inverse of what this place is in Alaska. Like, Miami, like, sea level, hot, humid. Like, it, you went the dead opposite. But anything by compare, like, besides living, you know, putting them in, like, the putting them in like the Rockies or something Mm -hmm. like that would have made it, I think too close to a one-to-one. Like they could have conceivably hacked it in the North. Like, like the, like the, the Alaskans could have, but they could have been like like a Seattle or a San Francisco. Yeah. You could have picked like a temperate, a temperate rainforest Pacific Northwest location that would have made more sense to me. Portland. Portland. Oh yeah. yeah, Miami was weird. Miami, like that. She kept calling the boy Miami was like, is he though? Yeah. Like, is he? That hair was too floppy for Miami, guys. Let's let's talk about that. And there was nothing about him that was like, ugh, I hate the cold. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't make a part of his character that he 
He just wanted to be in Cabo. He did describe but the he, they didn't make it a part as of his... a jet ski for land. So there was right. that. But they didn't like they didn't like the, the way these like the way they hit the point was like they might as well put him in a fucking Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Like something to indicate like it, you know, that he showed up in cargo shorts and flip-flops in absolute protest mm-hmm. of like al- alpine weather. But they didn't. It was just like it was only a footnote that he was from Miami. Yeah. So that was that that didn't ring believable to me. But overall, I I liked how I loved the big disaster cold front that would come in. I liked the wall of barreling wind that would arrive that looked like a fucking avalanche every time. Yeah, they... I thought that was a good effect. They did a great job, like, they did a great job with creating the disaster itself. I love... Yeah. The, this, the top of this movie, I love a... They had two of my favorite tropes. I love a frozen flag... Mm. Love a good frozen flag. Oh, yeah, that's great. But I also really love when um, someone's last day on the job. I, oh, that was a good one, too. I love, <laughs> I like a last day on the job. I like a frozen flag, but I truly love when a beacon stops working. When one of the oh. sensors, I love when a sensor stops working and everyone's like, oh, yeah. sensors offline must be an error. And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of them go offline. Like, remember when that happens in the wave and everyone's like, no, it's, oh, yeah. Oh, love it. I love when that happens. It makes me so happy. No, it's great. It's a great, it's a, gr- it's one of the best. Tropes. It's just, it's such a, it's such a perfect trope because like, it's that it gives you that wonderful hit of dramatic irony where you're like, as a viewer, you're like, no, you're all gonna yeah. die. <laughs> no, I the, the 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 stupidest part of that opening to me was like, it's these three scientist yeah. people in a barn. It, it's it's one of their last day. He's like, finally, no more of this, no more of that, and they're gonna like drink to him, whatever. Well, yeah, one of the sensors goes offline, so guy goes out to check it, and definitely the dumbest part of that was that they noticed that the temperature's dropping rapidly and they're trying to scream at him on the walkie-talkie, but the cold is, like, killing the ability of the walkie-talkie to work. And then when it doesn't work after a long time of trying, they just walk out the door yeah. and start shouting his name because he is clearly within shouting He is distance. 20 feet away. He can hear them as soon as they come yeah. out the door. He can see them. He's basically across, like, the distance of what would be, like, kind of big parking lot and they're like gotta come back inside it was like you've been trying this walkie-talkie over and over again when you could have just run out the door and screamed this guy's name for him to come back yeah he are you he also has the longest run the or in the slowest run of any i mean it is deep snow i will give him that running in snow is really fucking hard it's hard but also the the speed and the distance that he moves in comparison to how close he is it was a he is quite close he's so close like he is i mean he you say a a parking lot i wouldn't even say that (laughs) i'm not even sure i mean i'm not talking like a whole mall yeah like it's definitely but it's like the parking lot and behind your like a parking lot behind an apartment building size it is it is not very large and he is having a real struggle running. I didn't have, well, and and I didn't he, have an issue with that because, again, the, the yeah. absurdity of disaster movie is that's part of it yeah, for me. Cares? I was like, yeah, sure. He can't run 20 feet. Great. But it was – I that that whole like – it is so much more hackneyed than I feel like how like the rest of the movie handles mm-hmm. the disaster and disaster awareness because like these guys are aware of these readings and these metrics and also – it's not an invisible storm. Yeah. Like it comes barreling at you like a giant gray 
rolling like avalanche and it's very it's very big and it's very obvious and so between like wow something went wrong and the guy standing out there and that thing coming at him that looks like the fucking wave like the height of Mm -hmm. it barreling towards you you would notice that yes like he a didn't first notice that and then he like the guys came out and yelled for him to come running back it's like I don't know. You would have seen that one coming from a few miles away. Like, you notice that before it's right. You may not notice before it's too late, but you notice it definitely before it's right the hell on top of you. I think that one thing we've learned from from our inventory of disaster movies is that you would expect that, but disasters can sneak up on you. Right. They do sneak. Yeah. Disasters are, are sneaky is, is a thing we've learned over and over again. <laughs> disasters are sneaky. So I... I will never have an issue with that. I do have an issue with when someone's staring at something, staring at it coming toward them, and they're like, what is that? Because at that point, like, yeah. that's, that's the bridge too far for me is the, huh? And they just kind of like cock their head to the side and look at it like a confused dog. That's too much yeah. for me. But I never take issue with it's right behind you and you don't realize <laughs> because, I mean, you know, who among us could say that we could hear an entire wall of super cold air rushing toward us at, you know, t- at top speeds? I and like having recently seen that video going around on Twitter of the um it was like a satellite or something mm-hmm. reentering. Oh, the yeah, 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 the one it was um, the SpaceX thing up <clears throat> up north. Yeah, the, the yeah that thing. Um, it was extremely visible. Mm-hmm. It was very visible from Washington. It seemed like it was peak visibility around like Portland, Oregon latitude. Um, and it I seeing those videos scared me so much not because i was like oh this is the end of the world because like if it was that and it was the end of the world we'd be seeing it there'd be more on twitter than that yeah it there would that like that there would have been more notice it would have been like a hemispheric event it wouldn't have just been so local but like see like people posting videos of that before it was clear that it was like a spacex thing crumbling it, it looked just like when you see, like in Greenland, when you see these like collections of space rock that are too big to just burn up like dust and they are just streaming through the atmosphere. I was so scared just watching those. I can't, I'm not saying I would, you know, immediately t- turn around, book it and run. I might stare agog, but I'm not going to be like, gosh, what is that? I If I had made one of those videos, you would have heard someone borderline screaming in a panic (laughs) what is that (laughs) what is going on like it's not gonna be some emotionally neutral like god what what do you think that is i'm gonna be like what do you think that is jesus christ oh my god oh my god oh my god this is it this is the end i've seen this in movies too many times like i might stand frozen and just watch it because it's so spectacular but i am not going to be like quizzical in the moment so like if i see that fucking wall coming at me of whatever it is in this movie it's not gonna be like jesus what do you think that is i'm gonna be like crying i'm so scared of not knowing what it is so that because it looks so much like the end of the world world. and 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 that jordan is i think a big part of why for me i'm a little i'm a little bit tepid on this movie because this film Uh did not to me have the sense of panic that would have made that that a movie like this needs. There was never uh-huh. a sense with the cold. There was never a sense of panic. It was always people were like caught off guard by it. But there was mm-hmm. never it never felt like there was a sense of terror. Which especially with that the CGI they had, 
it could have lent to that. Like that is a, that is uh-huh. a good, scary looking. Like we didn't get the people in the streets of the town going about their day, then turning and looking horrified. It felt like the town uh-huh. was empty except for the six ta- speaking characters we had. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And it they kept cutting to the satellite shot stock image of the super cold, like of the the kind of spiral. Yeah, the cone. hurricane, not yeah, hurricane. the hurricane eye kind of. It, it looked like every image you've seen of an eye of a hurricane from space, kind of. Thing. Yeah. And they kept cutting to it, and it doesn't move. And they had this extended sequence where Grumpy Woods guy is giving this like extended exposition monologue, and they just are showing this footage, just just the stock image still while he monologues over it. And it really, to me, I was like, I just need that sense of panic that mm-hmm. we got more. You know what we got that really well in was polar was a uh, polar storm. Okay, you yeah. know with um, horn rim glasses. Yes. Yeah. That like remember that when they're when we get the son and the mom are driving through the town yeah and there's and the ground starts yeah and like people are them. panicked or when you're going they they're driving through the town afterward and everyone's like fro- fried and cooked and barbecued yeah and you got a real sense that there was like a repercussion and it was scary versus with this I didn't get that and that to me was why a big part of why I wanted more from this movie not because I was like expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be good, but I was expecting it to be able to deliver what we have seen movies of this level can deliver in terms of the emotional experience. And the reason why I was not bothered by that, because the movie just kept underscoring so much that nobody knows what's going on. Nobody can see it. Nobody's looking Mm -hmm. for it. And that you're in this town of complete um, disaster denial Mm -hmm. of like insulated folks. They're not, they wouldn't trust the mainstream media anyway. And like, even if they heard on the news, like, fuck that, we'll still bear this down. I, the fact of it, we should have known for so long because we have been told, but we have ignored it. And now it is here out of nowhere and it is killing us. And we, we can, we can say we didn't see this coming, but we've actually seen this coming forever. Mm -hmm. And now it's sneaking up out from under us. That, to me, connected the concepts of this is something that people have been so in denial about and have turned such a blind eye to and and have taken such a position of inaction Mm -hmm. on that, of course, the only people who recognize the stakes are the ones who are reacting to this, being the scientists and, like, his family who he alerts. And so they become, like, our whole world because everybody else is like, "Mm, it'll go away. It's not that bad. We'll get through it. And it me the foil of them against everybody else's indifference or inaction made sense and with what i thought the movie was angling at. yeah but even when so even when shitty son so the climax shitty son escape leaves the hospital even though he shouldn't leave the hospital to go to go save claire madison um, yes <laughs> and she's like huddled in front of the she's at the b&b she's huddled in front of the fireplace with basically no cold weather gear on um, yeah. Which, okay, fine. You don't own a hat or gloves, Claire Madison. That's <laughs> – That seems that's, odd, but okay. Yeah, it was weird, but okay. Um, and so anyway, so he goes and he runs and he like goes and saves her and he gets to the house and they he runs in the door just as the cold gets there and they slam the door shut and right. the cold starts creeping in and we – and the scene ends. And I know they were trying to give us the yeah. suspense, but there was like yeah. a minute or two that was missing of the two of them – 
scrambling like we didn't get the scene of the two of them scrambling backward him being like we have to throw logs on the fire and the t- there was no moment yeah. there was no panic it just cut out and then we went yeah it was like a oh we're we're really over uh time for the day we got to show exactly <laughs> or like when it really felt like well budget had to cut that scene yeah and that was kind of we didn't get like the dad huddled in the huddled in the in the igloo listening to yeah. the wind around him you know, there was mm-hmm. we just see him like praying as he puts his hood over his head and he looks at the candle and he prays the candle. His his, his myth candle, yeah. his mythological candle. And his intentions candle, and he's like, Please yeah. let me <laughs> please let me survive to see my family again. And then we came out. And I'm like, but there needs to be more. There needs to be the cave, mm-hmm. a hole being punched in the cave, and he has to suddenly like scramble to fix it. Like that's what I'm saying about the panic, was that it was a very uh-huh. there was a lot of just like the vibe of the movie was we just have to wait it out, and I get that, but yeah. there needs to also be – I needed there to also be active active moments sure. of panic, and that to me was where this movie didn't bring enough. But I agree that the townspeople not giving a damn was was very believable. I did feel – I felt very sad when the – and it was – I this was this was a good expected turn. Yeah. Expected unexpected. When the the woman who basically runs the hospital, it seems like when Claire's – when Claire – when mom – when mom uh, doctor isn't there, mm-hmm. um, they're all going to leave together. And then as everybody walks out, that woman, like, you know, her, her, her sort of closest friend, it seems like, there in the town, she, like, locks the sliding door behind them and is like, I'm staying. Like, if – and, you know, with a, a, a re- the resident physician with the duty of care to the community being like, if people – People need help. This is where they're going to come, yeah. and I'm not going to abandon them. And I was like, I like this moment. I'm, and I feel sad. I feel sad that she is going to die. Um, I feel the sadness coming off of mom. And I thought that was good dramatic flourish. It was good. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting to have to like I, when that moment happened. I had that beat of like, oh shit! I was supposed to have invested in that woman. My bad, guys. <laughs> um, especially because I sure. sometimes had difficulty telling the difference between her and the mom. There were similarities. There were a lot of yeah. just enough similarities where, like, my little vagueness of like face blindness, where I'm just like, if I'm not going to yes. really care about you, I'm not going to invest in what your face looks like. Uh huh. Um, that was just enough. That I was like, uh, which white woman again? But yeah. I, yeah, I thought that was a good choice, and it was a believable choice. You're right. Which is what it what it's what made me want Fiona to live even yeah. more because I was like, wait, we're gonna kill all of the locals. Oh yeah, no, they like, fully. The, we're they, gonna fucking kill all of them. They, they the swarmed the entire town. Yeah, that was kind of bullshit. I was like, Fiona didn't deserve that. Like, you made your point. Fiona, kill the kid. Yeah. Like, Fiona didn't deserve that. Yeah, let kid have his one heroic moment. Yeah. Let him drive the truck. You guys don't want the kid anyway. Like, no. You like her better. You like Madison Claire. Claire Madison. Claire Madison. (laughs) Claire Madison. Her middle name. It's her middle name. It absolutely is. Uh, (laughs) Her friends call her Maddie. Um... So do we feel like we've reached the end of the reality index portion of I this? I think we have. I think I yeah. think that we've done a good we've job. We've put some good analysis in yeah. this. I'm sure we spent 10 minutes talking about camps, but otherwise, very much. Yes. Yes. So, Jordan, I got to um, ask you an important question. Yes. Folks, do you love movies? The good ones, even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki might be the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for From them. From super soft t-shirts saluting the brave of us who go to the movies by themselves, to comfy sweatshirts and aprons commemorating historic events like the night Florence Pugh made marmalade. What a night, you know, that kicked off a real era. Um, they even carry enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Hayao Miyazaki and Guillermo del Toro. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to your favorite movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. 
Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel on eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and ships using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code DISASTERDIVA, all caps, no spaces, DISASTERDIVA, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. And they have noticed, gotta say, there are some reissues coming. Ugh. Uh, the Crimson Peak, uh, the Crimson Peak was good. Apparel looks like it's coming back in stock. And also, if you missed it before, uh, back in October, there is a restock coming of the Justice for Jennifer's Body apparel. Oh, yeah. So keep your eyes sharp for that team, Jennifer's Body. We are ever strong and ever growing. I was, I was thrilled for you when I saw that. Um, I'm super amped to buy yet another Birds of Paradise for Best Picture. Uh, Birds of Prey. Did I show Birds of Paradise? You did. did. Yeah, Birds of Prey. <laughs> I mean, also, you know what? Good job. Good job. Are you going with the crop? Um, oh, I, are you going I'm with the crop? I'm buying that crop. It's going to be my first crop <laughs> I ever own, but I need it. I need it so bad. Hell yeah. I need that shirt I'm so bad. To I'm going to wear. I, I mean, the sublim, like the sublimated like dot color on that is it's really, so really pretty. pretty. I, I love every that. time I wear that yeah. shirt, and it's only at home, and I'm, it always makes me so happy because it's so pretty. <laughs> it's only at well, home. It, well, I mean, what is anything That's else? The thing is, what is anything? But it's else? like it's my it's it's one of my like specifically for because I don't know how to order the right sizes for myself, so it's a specifically for at home shirt because it's too big for me. Um, <laughs> ah, because. I hope I hope this I hope the crop makes it way into a future date of yours. It it hadn't been considered before, but it's going to now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what a conversation starter. I'm it's, saying, a, every, it's a conversation starter. It's a litmus first, test for if the guy's a piece of shit. Every first yeah, date, it's a that's it. Piece. I am wearing that on mm-hmm. every, that is my first congratulations, Super Yaki. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I will be if you're listening to the show. If you're listening to the show and you haven't uh, bought something from Super Yaki yet, then I, I don't know what you're doing with you're, your life. Honestly, I'm missing out doing. on your life, guys. It's they're so great they're so, and they're just awesome. like what a what a little enterprise to support. I mean, truly and, amazing. Unless you think that we're going on this tangent as part of ad copy. Oh no, no, we're no, not. No, the ad copy stops at the at the URL. <laughs> we just every week are like, oh right, yeah. that's how much we love this brand. Yeah. <laughs> we talk and about Super Yaki. How delightful the people are that make it. We talked it. about Super Yaki mm, for seven minutes before the podcast started, you guys. <laughs> that's actually true. That's not wrong, actually. Yeah. That's not wrong. Um, so should we stop talking about Super Yaki and talk about what this movie is really about? <laughs> or are we just done with this film and we're just going to talk about the Super Yaki inventory now? I mean, I think you're <laughs> done with this film. I, I know. I'm, I'm happy, happy to talk yeah, about let's, let's, let's get, get into what this really movie was really about. Okay, so for me, this was a movie about the importance of infrastructure. That a is topic not wrong. that we last discussed with the film Pompeii many ages we ago. We need infrastructure. Yeah, week. but this in particular, the infrastructure and the importance of infrastructure in rural towns. Um, yep. We learn repeatedly. So first of all, we learn repeatedly about how this town does not have sufficient, um, what's it called, uh, insulation for these temperatures. Yes. How little pre- for a place where it routinely gets very cold, very yeah. cold. but nothing is going to be is, and that really tells us just how ill prepared our infrastructure is, and it's a, a big problem. Much like Texas, much like Texas just yes, recently, we're not prepared for the coming climate catastrophe. Um, our infrastructure is not prepared for that, 
And mm-hmm. it is an important thing that we need to invest in for climate justice and for economic justice, especially in small yeah. rural towns. And I really think this was a film about that particular topic. Um, I mean, the climax revolves around crossing over a broken a down bridge. bridge. Yep, exactly. They have to, in order to get to the one airport in town, they have to cross over a bridge that apparently the youths consider a game to try and drive it across before it falls apart. Um, yes. And we that's not even dealing with the other – and we have to worry about the generators aren't working and aren't going to ha- be able to handle yep. the cold. You have to – none of the – nothing in the town is um, has enough insulation. It's This is a movie about how we are going – unless we invest in infrastructure, we are going to fail our communities in need in the it's event true. of the coming climate catastrophe. Of the inevitable yeah. – Climate like rolling climate catastrophe that we are are experiencing now and is only going to get worse. Yeah. So that's what this movie was about for me. I think that that was a an important imp- and, and the importance of infrastructure, and I appreciated that aspect of Cold Zone. Jordan, what do you think this movie was really about? I think <clears throat> that this is a movie uh, that is about like the tragedy of heteronormativity. Yes. I mean. We have mom and dad who I, I we've decided have broken the cycle of of a conventional uh, monogamous contract and seem to have a pretty functional marriage. Um, but, you know, they've got this son who's an annoying little brat who's pursuing this girl who could do so much better. And because of just like the way structures go and the way expectations are, she's going to like probably end up with this kid and like probably date this kid which is a fuzzy thing to consider since she's a concubine now and has been kidnapped by these parents um and we see like you know we see fiona who's cool who's who's possibly a part of this open marriage and who's like the character that should live in the end that's not the really annoying child and i just like i want better for the future that i that that i see for madison for claire madison i want her to have I want her to have many partners if she so desires. I want her to date women and not this stupid boy. I I just, I would hate to think that in, in the post-apocalypse that people would be trapped by their, trapped by their societal chains into thinking that there was only one way to carry forward. No, find love in new ways. Claire Madison Take, get a girlfriend. Leave this boy behind. He is not the best you can do, and he is not the one who needs to find your family. Get out there and find a great group of ladies. Somewhere out there, Emmy Rossum has survived this with Jake Gyllenhaal, and she's just realized that she's never going to stop hearing the. She's never going to hear the end of Jake Gyllenhaal saying, "I saved you from wolves." No. Never, never. And therefore, Emmy Rossum, Matt, Claire Madison, you guys can find some love. Yeah, you can. Because he, this boy is too. He's always going to be like, yeah, well, remember when I fucking saved yeah. you? Like, remember who else Who else was there for you? It was me. Like, it's going to be all about him mm-hmm. forever, his heroism, his sacrifice, and he's going to let himself go, and he's not going to take care of himself, and she's going to stay looking beautiful, and he's just going to, like, retreat into trauma, and he's going to calcify, and he's going to become a hard outer shell of a shitty person. Yeah, but when she hits, like, she's 33, gonna to- she's going to ha- fucking blossom, man. Yeah, and I hope she kills him. Because, <laughs> again, we're operating in post-society here. Okay. Just push him out of the helicopter. I, it happens. Yep, that's Just, it. That's you're, it. You're, you're adjusting your seat and you trip, and oops, out the window he goes. Cut the weight. Cut the weight. Mm-hmm. We, we Better for everybody. Yeah, they won't have to um, refuel as often. 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, this is about this is about the prison of heteronormativity and how frightening that should be to everybody. Okay, I like it. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm with, I, I no arguments here on this one. I love it. I love this conclusion. Let's <laughs> infrastructure and compulsory hetero heterosexuality. Yeah. The which compulsory heterosexuality. We've let them both, yeah. let them both fall too far. <laughs> I was going to say that compulsory heterosexuality is sort of the the failing infrastructure of our society. So I'm with you on this. It is, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? It's the existential failing infrastructure of all this. Terrible. Right there with you. Terrible. Stuff. Do you have any fantasy casting for this film? I do. I um. First of all, what our girl Claire Madison needs to do is go find Alex Dario from San Andreas mm. and link up with her and they're a unit and I love that. But I am I'm gonna make fake Mariska Hargitay real Mariska Ooh. Hargitay. I just want to see Mariska Hargitay here. I'm gonna make climatologist off the grid, um, man who lost his the man who knew all along who lost his family. I'm gonna fully make him Dave Batista. Okay. Because he was so much Dave Batista in like mm-hmm. the shadowing. And the, like, the attire even was, like, certain sort of, like, tactical, like, casual, tactical casual attire I've seen Dave Batista wear in movies. I was like, this is, you're doing Dave Batista right now. Um, I love when we add a pro wrestler to the mix. Yeah, it makes it better. I mean, you're, that's just entertainment, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, So it's gonna be Dave Batista in that role. I'm gonna make husband Scott Bakula. Ooh, okay. And I kind of love Scott Bakula and Mariska Hargitay I like that combination. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that. Um, and maybe it's like too in like it, it, he's a little he's aged out of it now. But annoying son was really giving me Josh Hutcherson. Mm, yeah, so, it was that floppy hair. And like I think a, a clean shave because he looks he's a very young looking man. If you did a fully clean shave in Josh Hutcherson, he could play this role tomorrow. Yeah. He he really could. Um, and I'm gonna leave that girl as as the daughter because I liked her. So, but yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be Dave Batista, Scott Bakula, and Mariska Hargitay are coming Okay, in. I like that. I'm going to keep your casting, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove mm-hmm. the dad entirely from the equation. So oh, we're okay. excising Scott Bakula, and instead what's going to happen is Mariska Hargitay is going to be a single mom who is stuck with this shitty kid for the for her residency. She takes the kid up. That would make sense. Um, And she runs across climatologist, cranky climatologist. Oh, okay. And the two of them... I kind of love the pair of Mariska Hargitay and Dave That's Batista. That's what I'm saying. And the two of- She's a formidable presence. And yeah, I want to see and her I going- I would love to see her back him down. I want to see her go and be like, I don't care what kind of issues you have, but my son is out there and I am not going to yeah. let my son be frozen like this blackbird. And then the two of yeah. them have to come together to figure out yeah. how to get the word out. Dave Batista lives, the two of them- Yeah, and she's going to be like- I'm sorry you want to kill yourself on this fucking mountain. Yes. But I, like, how about you stop pitying yourself for just a fucking second and think of somebody, like, some sort of thing That's like that. That's exactly what we're going Where with. Where he finds his reason and to live. And he finds his reason to live. And we get, like, a hint that there might be something down the line between the two of them. But we don't mm-hmm. ever need to have it. And we just kind of get the sense that there's this new family unit of her, Dave Batista, semi-shitty Josh Hutcherson. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Instead of at the end going to San Francisco, they're flying specifically to Mexico, and he's like, "Let's go find your parents, Madison." Right? Yeah, a very like rock. Yeah, yeah, like, and and he's like magnanimous. I didn't. I lost my wife and kid. 
I know that it, you know, if I could, I, I won't. The I won't pain let, of losing my yeah, family. I won't let anybody else suffer that too. And Mariska Hargitay like gives him a look, and you get the sense that like <laughs> maybe he's found a new wife and kid. So that's I'm more going with a script revision than I am cat casting. Um, you know who also could you know who also could play the husband role very well? Who? Aaron Eckhart. <sighs> because you know what he is, Woodsy, rugged you looking. Know, I mean, because he's a he's a Bud Light kind of guy. That's the thing is that he can't play the husband role. Yeah, no, can. because the husband. You also. This no, is no, you no, think. You see, think he thing, is a swap in for Army no, Hammer. You no, have no, no, no objectivity no, I, on on Aaron Eckhart. I am saying that the husband was was not woodsy enough. But they like try and they like make they him try. woodsy. Like they make him inconceivably woodsy. Yeah, for this. I mean, yeah, I would have rather had him as the the climatologist again. He he could have done. He could have done, done the the. He could have done that he too. Done the climatologist who like has nothing left to live for. Yes, he ta- he he can look. He can look very melancholy, like very five o'clock shadow melancholy. Yeah, he's very good for if Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart. If you, if I don't, I don't know that you wouldn't run across Aaron Eckhart in a cabin in the woods. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, you wouldn't. You you would less likely run across Dan Stevens because that's a totally no. He would be. In, he would be in a chalet. <laughs> yeah, he would uh, be in Jordan, a you know who you might run across in a cabin in the woods, and you wouldn't want to is Army fucking well, Hammer. Well, yeah. No. And like you know, just that's a doing a, that's doing a, a lot of drugs in a cabin in the woods a different movie. is a different that's movie. That's a different movie entirely. I'm is just what that saying is. that that yeah. character from uh, Sorry to Bother You going oh. absolutely has a second would would be up in a cabin in the woods doing rails of coke. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there, he's yeah. done and, that. And surely Iowa- with and his- ayahuasca, like yes, that's just saying. But and so yeah. that so. It, Totally different movie there, though. But the point yeah. being, no, I agree. I agree on the on the blonde haired actor continuum. Yeah, you would not find Dan Stevens in a cabin in the woods mourning the loss of his family. No, not 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 looking that grim. No, he would be he, like the Italian coast, maybe. <laughs> up in up in Torino yeah. on the lake, just looking looking um, mournful. But hobnobbing with George Clooney. Yeah. Or like maybe somewhere in Switzerland, but not like Como. Yeah. Anyway, I think yeah. that we've I think we've solved the cat like the biggest structure. The casting, yeah. yeah I think we've solved mm-hmm. it. So what does that what does that say to you? Where are we at with towering infernos for this movie? <sighs> Again, I was not hot on this movie because of the fact that there wasn't enough panic and it fell more to me in the mm-hmm. realm of like Oh God! Well, I don't remember what the lightning ball movie was. Remember the lightning ball oh movie? Oh my God! Oh my God! No, that was like the bore most boring movie we've watched. Right. So it wasn't there for me, but it wasn't. Oh, that was so it was boring. so boring. But it had that same like, okay, we're not. There's no panic here. So I gotta fall. Did I give that? I gotta, did I like give that? Even I don't any even think we rated it. I hope I gave it a zero. I, I really I, do. I, if I didn't, I, was I don't wrong. think we even rated it. So <laughs> for me, I'm giving this one two. Like okay, it kept yeah, Oof. it kept it out of the Madison Claire Madison and <laughs> Claire, Claire Madison. Madison and the special effect of the actual snow cold yeah is what keeps it out of the ones for me. Okay, yeah, Jordan, how about you? I'm giving I'm giving it three. Okay, I'm giving it three. Yeah, so a solid two and a half like average. It. Yeah, that, if if someone was like, oh, I want to tuck into yeah. like this category of disaster movie for the night, I'd be like, you know what? Spend a night with cold. It's zone. not offensive. It's just not great. No, it is not it's great. No, it's it is no not great. Earth pasture. I, 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 I thought it was good. Okay. 
I, it, it's like when you're when you're at the bar and it's like 2.30 a.m. and you're like looking for someone to go home with, but mm-hmm. the options aren't great at that point. It's like, okay, there's either go that guy with, with bar. Zone. Yeah, there's like that guy with bar fall over him or there's cold zone. <laughs> I mean, it's it like cold zone's not, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. Just eh, Amanda, whatever. have you gone home with cold zone before? It wouldn't, I was, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah, you know, a common I, tale. I, I, a common I also tale. like am having that moment where I'm like, am I cold zone? <laughs> because I definitely think that I, I feel deeply certain no, you're not. Cold I'm thinking zone. about some of the guys but that I'm two thirtyed, and I really think that I was. It was like I just waited out, guys. I mean, in fairness, Jordan, I, you, and I have been at a wedding together where I just waited out a dude. Yeah, I mean, and it worked. It did right? work. <laughs> I just waited him out. I was like, every other, which is very, which I, is very dude of you. It's very dude of you. Amanda. I have a like, very, I'm gonna wait her I have out. A, I'm gonna wait well, it wasn't her like out. I was like, I'm gonna wait Amanda him out, has, and he's gonna, I'm gonna wait him out, and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's stat- blacked out. No, it was just like I, I was just like, there's three other girls he is more interested in, and they're all gonna get tired, and I am gonna stay awake. As somebody whose personality is heavily structured around endurance, mm-hmm. like emotional endurance, <laughs> enthusiasm, and I, yeah. I support. No, it. I, I, I just that was that was my approach. Was just like I'm going to be tapped. Being here. the last one standing yeah. fucking makes a difference. And some and, of the time, and I cold zone. Amanda has arguably more of a dude brain than I do. Oh yeah, a lot of the time. Oh yeah, I think that's yeah. True. No, it's it's. I'm not proud of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I won't deny that. That is, I I have way more of a trash dude brain. But yeah, I want to I want to make it clear. <laughs> it was not. I was not like, oh, I'm going to wait till he's drunk enough. It was like. No, right. no, no. He and I are just going to, I'm just going to wait it out till he realizes that he has no options. other options. Yeah, I'm going to wait out till we're the ones in this yeah, room. Yeah, and I cold, so I, I, was, <laughs> I was the cold zone in that situation. <laughs> but you got what you wanted. Uh, hey. I mean. Cold zone always waits you out. You got what you thought. Got you got what you thought. Your stated intentions. I got my stated intentions. My goal was accomplished, um, which yes. was as much to not have to drive home to the hotel room that I had booked that was too far away. Uh, yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I'm so glad my parents don't listen to this podcast. I, I just really <laughs> want to point out that, like, the people who stick through the re- the entire episode, you know, the the loyal yeah. listeners, the true heads of Disaster Girls, yeah, especially not true. only stick through the entire episodes, but also listen to the you know made for TV movie episodes. Uh, yeah. They get the most revealing stuff, I think. The, the, really those listeners do. get the best. You content. get rewarded for investment yep, here. Yeah, the best content is on the episodes with no guests, a movie you've never heard of. <laughs> at the end. <laughs> when Amanda's not when Amanda's not asked to being recount these things in front of I don't know Van. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one day I'm gonna I'm gonna say something in front of Van and he's gonna be like, Art, what the hell? And I'm like, uh oh, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm I over. am cold home. I'm sorry. I mean, he's gonna be so if he ever like actually learns about who I am as a person, he's gonna be so disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why our di- our disaster divas are the yeah. real ones. Yeah, yeah. they're they're god. still here. Oh god, Paul Feig Everyone, might listen hey. to this episode. Oh my god! <laughs> Everyone listening to this episode. I hope it's good in Belfast. <laughs> Everyone listening to this episode. I need. I, I might have to fully tag Paul in this one. <laughs> I'm going to say everyone. Everyone listening to this episode needs to just tweet at disaster underscore pod and just say I know. I just, know. That's it. I, just say I know. I know. I just keep forgetting that we're not a podcast for just the two of us because it's a 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, we could be on a morning walk with Paul Feig. You don't know. Who actually listens to us? And then I'm like, oh God, we have people who listen to us. And I'm just yeah, we don't, we have, everyone. We have quite a few people who listen to us. Oh God. I can tell you definitively that we have yeah. quite a few people listening well, to us. Well, guys. Yeah. Well, guys. Thank you for uh, for joining us Thanks. on this adventure, uh, Jordan. Where into can we... into Amanda's psyche. Oh, oh wait, did we did we want to oh, do a review shout out? Oh yeah, we want to do a review. Please, can we get off of Amanda's sad dating me. life and go to this? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pulling it up right now. I have it uh, at the ready. Um, we got a five star review uh, just a few days ago, actually, uh, from someone named Isabel three eight six three via Apple okay. Podcasts. Um, and she, I mean, look. Isabel, I'm I'm gonna say she because that's a typically she name, but you know whoever Isabel is, they uh, uh, kept it simple. They said, "Love this podcast for the uh, for the title and for the subject. Great host chemistry with excellent movie selection. Thank can't you. wait for oh, the review. You. Can't wait for the review of Ten Cloverfield Lane." Ooh, yeah. I can't either. Let me tell you, I cannot wait either. That one's gonna be so much fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. One of thank my all times. Thank you for. I will sp- specifically for you now. I will accept that we have to do this, even though I'm terrified. Hell yeah, it's scary. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> it's, it's like th- that's that's a movie we cannot have Matt Kolsky back to do. Mm-hmm. Too scary. Okay, fair. I do you want to know? Do you want to know my hottest take on that movie? What that is John Goodman's best on screen performance, in my wow. opinion. Wow, what a decorated. I mean, what a career. Hell of a career. I mean, he's a, he's amazing. John he is Goodman, amazing. John Goodman to me is never bad. I I liked John Goodman in The Gambler. That's how good John Goodman is. <laughs> but this yeah, is his best. He's one. he's 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 just he's always just right. But that I mean that is he's it's an incredible performance in that movie. Truly. I mean, I'm prepared for this. I just am not prepared to watch a movie where I don't want John Goodman to give me a hug. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you another one of those where he plays like a, a domestic abusive uh, like politician. I can tell you that's not a movie I'm going to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a '90s movie and it's very oh, good. And it yeah. co-stars Melanie Griffith. Oh. Um, um, but you know what movie yes. we are going to watch, Jordan? What are we going to watch for next? We're going to watch Man Eater from 2007. When it is dismembered, which which pause for a moment to consider Man Eater. And now let me just say, you don't know what's coming, everybody. <laughs> When a dismembered body is found in the Appalachian Mountains, a county sheriff is shocked to discover that the predator is a 600-pound Bengal tiger. And is the sheriff... Yeah, is this the sheriff character? I would assume starring Gary Busey. Wow. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I would assume... I am. I don't know. Have we had a Gary Busey movie on We have not. We've had a lot of Gary Busey energy, but we have not had a Gary Busey. That is crazy. Everyone I want needs a Gary, Gary Busey. Busey. I want a Nick Nolte. I want a Jake Busey if we can find one. I, yeah. I don't see why we couldn't. <laughs> I'm sure it is there. We'll get to it. I'm sure we'll. Jake Busey should absolutely be in disaster movies. I mean, that's what our fantasy casting can be for. You can just Jake. You're you can right. just throw a Jake Busey in every single time if you want to. You can Miles Teller him yeah, if you need to. He could pop up. He could pop up in a lot of places, and it would be like, of course, Jake Busey. You here. know who we could have cast him in that we didn't cast him in? What Jake? Yeah, Busey? we could have cast him in forty-seven meters down as the ship captain. Hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we really, really could have. That was a missed it, opportunity. It would have made more sense than Matthew Modine. I, again, still can't. I still not convinced that Matthew Modine didn't actually think he killed those women. <laughs> <laughs> hey Jor, so that yeah, where can yeah. we find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JorCrew, J-O-R-C-R-U, and uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Cruciola. Come check it out. All right. And Jason, what about you? Uh, you can find me at Jason Halftones on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You know, all the usual comic stuff, little ramblings, your your favorite things. And uh, you can go to thatmightbecool.com for more podcasts like uh, Lord of the Rings Sentence and We Need to Talk About Spider-Man and Comic Book Workshop. Great. All right. And you can find me. I'm Amanda R. Tubbs on Twitter. T-U-B-B-S, Tubies. Tubies. Wow, you really threw me off there. I wanted to jump in I on know. the Tubies. I was like, ooh, was like, she, she, she juked Jason. I just wanted, yeah. I wanted to switch, yeah. it, up, switch up. it up a little bit for you guys today, you know? I, I feel like anyone who ever tried to defend Allen Iverson in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, just on your ass. My ankles are, are hurting. Broken. I don't know what any of this means, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know you only like baseball, Amanda, yeah. but there are other sports. I know there are other sports. I just never got into them because I'm five foot one, and so basketball confused me as a child when I tried to play it. You say that like you're built for baseball. I am. <laughs> you say that like you're like, oh, but as far as professional baseball player stature goes, I relate uh, much no, more. No, I mean, I could play softball as a kid. I couldn't even be in a basketball league because I was so bad at that shit. <laughs> Everybody could be in a basketball league. I was not league. suited for that. I did not want to. I had no desire to. I was like, I am Every too. Every kid played soccer I did for like a year when they just ran in a cluster nope. and chased the ball. That, that didn't happen because my dad was like soccer. My dad, my uh, my dad's super athletic and the only sport he doesn't play is soccer for the same reason my brother doesn't, which is it's dumb that you can't use your hands. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> so uh Fair. didn't didn't I this is further proof that the end of the made for TV movie episodes is the best <laughs> content you can possibly get. I it's I, it's not a lie. <laughs> um, but the point is is that yeah, I didn't I just I understand that basketball exists, I understand that football exists, I just didn't have any interest in them growing up. The point hey. is is that Fair. great, I'm so glad that I Iversoned him. Is that what I did? Yes. Yep. You you you, 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 you Jason. crossed me over. Okay. You crossed him the over. The only basketball thing I know is Mikembe Matumbo doing the finger whack. Dikembe Dikembe Matumbo. I'm so Mutombo. sorry. That wasn't that was not like that genuinely is I just didn't know the name. Okay, it's Dikembe. Yeah, no, you don't know. We know we know we you don't know. Yeah. Basketball. He did the finger wag, right? No, the yeah, the yeah. the the Dikembe Matumbo rejecting yeah. things yeah. is yeah. an excellent ad campaign. So that's basically just what I did to Jason as, as far as I can tell. Yeah. You crossed <laughs> me over and then you wagged your finger after then nailing you wagged yeah, finger. yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, and the podcast, we're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. Yeah. We're disaster girls pod yeah. at gmail.com. Rate and review us, please guys. Please, please share please. us. All of the above. All of the above. Um, and we'll see y'all back next week for Maneater. Hell yeah. <laughs> Gary Busey time. Gary Busey might be the tiger. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> We already know what this movie's really about. <laughs> that might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>